system is like super cool advantage where they can just like record people apparently yeah, yeah. without permission. I find that, um, do you take advantage of that ever? I would do it all the time. <laughs> I can't say that I have taken advantage of one party consent laws. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what I would use that for, you know, like, but I suppose I could entrap somebody. That's a good, that's, what would I use that for? Like, Blackmail, you know, um, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, I just got really dark really quickly. This is a terrible, terrible tangent that I took us on. I feel like I should pause for a second because I do have a guest here with me this evening that I'm really excited to have. Uh, someone I've been looking forward to talking to, like, I guess all summer. The, the summer just flew by. Uh, I have with me in the virtual Backlash studio, the singular talent, a voice who is maybe... Small but mighty at this point, but growing every day. Uh, I'm just more than delighted to have at real big doofus, uh, who I'm calling buff. <laughs> I can't say it. Welcome to Here Comes the Backlash. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Have you ever done a podcast before? Um, when Ooh. I was in high school, I did a little, you know, me and my friends did a little podcast, but uh, that's probably heard good. by about 10 people. Honestly, it was like, it was a movie review podcast. And so oh, we were just like three, uh, I think it was like sophomore year, but we all just like, we, all the three of us thought we were really smart, you know? So we each just wanted to say our opinions. So mm-hmm. it was just like mm-hmm. three people's, <laughs> three like children uh, talking over each other about what they thought about uh, given movies. I'm not sure they exist anywhere. <laughs> it sounds better than years. I, know. I think it, I would listen to that before Perfume Nationalist. Honestly, it sounds pretty good. We were very like you know uh, film guy kind of kids, so I mean nothing too esoteric or anything, but um, probably some Scorsese movies, you know, Godfather, shit like that. I don't know. Sure. My guest last week, Sam Rothstein, mm-hmm. that Casino is better than Goodfellas. Agree or disagree? Uh, I think I'd agree with that. That's I've only se- I've only seen Casino once, and I've seen Goodfellas a number of times. But you know, I guess Goodfellas is more memeable in kind of a sense. It can be broken down to these easier components. Where yeah, Casino is like a more of an experience. It's, it's cinematic. You're going there for the long run, splashy maybe or iconic. I don't know. There's some great moments in that movie, but. It would be, it's so hard to say. I mean, they're both really similar movies. Um, I feel like Casino is a much like sort of grander, bigger story. They're both great films. I'm never like, as I've gotten older, I don't really get like wanting to compare uh, things or like make like lists and stuff. Oh, like what's the best movie? What's the best whatever? Because it's just art is, each piece of art is its own thing. And obviously, you, we all have our own opinions. There's so many talented people out in the world. Like, if a talented person is, is making something, pouring their heart and soul into it, like, uh, even if I might prefer one thing, uh, it's still got so much intrinsic value to it. Um, oh, I love that. I think Casino is the dub version of Goodfellas. Do you, do you like dub versions? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Like, it's like on remixes, the dub version. It, it goes back to like Jamaica. It, dub is just like the like 
moodier kind of longer version and that's kind of like what casino is it's just this like longer slower version uh, like underwater version almost of but i love that i watch like a three hour like stupid ass movie that's like nothing happens are you film twitter adjacent uh no not at all i really like i just like I don't watch enough movies. I love movies. They're great. But I, I like, I love books. I love music. And I'm just like, not one of those people that could just like watch a movie or two every day. I don't know. I don't have that kind of attention span, but sure. so I really like the way that, um, you know, when you watch a movie for the first time, especially like when you're young, it could have a really profound impact on you. And then you can go back and watch it years later. And, um, sort of hits you different you notice different things i guess that art changes the way that it makes you feel over time Mm -hmm. it's that it's alchemical kind of in a way but do you ever like go back i I do this a lot anyway where it's like that was fucked up like i saw that as a kid there's certain things that are like almost like traumatizing that was fucking mind control i'll jokingly i guess compared to molestation maybe people say i shouldn't (laughs) the same thing it's a psychic violation to see certain images i'm thinking of like return to oz is a film from my uh, youth which is this dark disney went through a full-on dark period when i was a kid they did this movie called um the black cauldron there's like oh i love that movie it's actually do love that shit too there's a few actually it leads up and even those early ones like little mermaid um aladdin there was some pretty dark elements to it they kind of introduced this idea that villainy i guess that disney still markets now there's a whole like dark element that's built into the disney brand that i find very weird and troubling anyway my point is do you ever look back do you see that and be like oh my god what the fuck (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I don't remember how old I was. My dad showed me the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula when I was like eight or nine years old, you know, and um, I don't even know if I got through it all. There's all this nudity that it's like Dracula's got his like thralls, these like three naked ladies just like laying on the bed. And I was just like way too young to really like get this and I, what what am I watching here? You know, yeah. it's just bizarre. And then one time, you know, my mom would, would let me play hooky every now and then we'd be like, go out and like, I'd stay home from school. And um, it was, I was like eight or nine years old. My mom was super into movies and like old TV and that kind of stuff. And she would like make my sister and I watch these like classics that she loved. Some of them were great, glad I watched. <laughs> Some of them, it was like, why are you making us watch this? Anyway, she'd, she'd hyped up Jaws for like years and years. Oh, but it was like, I'm not sure if you're ready for it. And then she asked me, like me as a kid, like, I'm going to know what's in the movie I haven't seen. But she's like, do you think you're ready for it? And I'm like, yeah, I can handle it. And then the very, I guess it's like in the first act of the movie where the little kid, um, he's like out in the water. He's like floating on like a little little like tube or something oh, and then yes, the shark yes, like, like a little, yeah yeah like a little boat thingy like a, yeah like a, yeah <laughs> the shark pulls him under and like rips his legs off or whatever and i mean they don't show a whole lot but just like i just started crying it was like traumatic as hell I had to turn oh. the movie off it was terrible and i just kind of look back at stuff like that and it was really a sign of things for things to come as far as what were what was my mom thinking what was my dad thinking when they were like showing this to like a little kid you know Um, obviously i wouldn't say it's as bad as getting molested but it is sort of in that same sort of um i milieu just like looking back it's just like 
totally inappropriate at the time. It's a type of trauma. You're right. I say things hyper. Ball. like i have a shock doc no it fits though i wouldn't blame your parents because even things just on tv there are things i was freaked out by the cover of, this is really weird a missing persons album it's like this random 80s band and there is nothing even sinister about it but it, like it was just this like stylized 80s like, like lady with like crazy big hair and like blue laser beams or whatever nothing like super striking about it per se but it, it fucking triggered me and i like lost my mind over it um i also had a real problem with like, i have this viewmaster i don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard like viewmaster's an old toy like you can like yeah and, like lens and it's like you mm-hmm. see these scenes. there was one that was thriller and michael jackson's thriller i watched the viewmaster and it's like right there in your fucking face and i like I, that was very traumatizing that was definitely a, that michael jackson is one of my yeah. I can, I can see that. Say, I can see that, that being scary. I was traumatized by that th- that viewmaster. It does have this like emotional kind of impact that like. Do you think? Do, do you think there's ways to like heal that? Like, do you think there's ways to undo it? I think sometimes going back to watch it does in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, especially with, with stuff like that. You know, when you're a kid, you're living so so in the moment. It it is sort of the same vein, traumatic kind of thing but it's like scraping your knee or something it, it's a relatively minor thing and so you just like move sure. past mm-hmm. it pretty quickly um but it has a lasting impact and i definitely think that uh that you can heal uh i don't know i'm still trying to get over my circumcision to be honest there's like i've got a long <laughs> way to go it's a very traumatized very painful road to, to scale but i think you're right my parents generation mm-hmm. and even parents before that like a boomer a gen x a boomer whatever one fucking old people came before that the idea of showing something to kids has changed almost with each generation because there was tv for my parents generation but i had like mtv and like and sexier advertising so like the idea of showing your kids tv was safer in the generation before it was like of course your kids can watch tv but it's a little bit more spicy and sizzling right and then you go like another generation forward and it kind of gets progressively uh more risque and then you have like kids on like tablets nowadays and it's oh like oh my god <laughs> and it it's, really is interesting yeah i i really feel like i uh, uh dodged a bullet there i mean like i i'm a zoomer but i'm like right on the cusp there um really sort of the older zoomers an elder zoomer i feel so lucky that i did not have uh, a tablet or anything like that when mm-hmm. i was a kid you know mm-hmm. we had our family computer I got an iPod when I was like, you know, in fifth grade or something. And it was like, you know, I could play like Spore on it. It was nothing, no internet access. I can't imagine growing up like that. I mean, you see those like weird, I don't know if they're like AI. I don't think they're AI generated, but I don't know if you've seen them. They're like weird, like Spider-Man. And like, they use all these characters from like kids movies and stuff. But like, I think they're made in like India and China and shit. And these YouTube videos that pump out these just like strange computer animation videos mm-hmm. and kids will just sit on YouTube and just like watch them at like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, what does that do? We have no idea what that does to somebody, you know, I mean, the human mind is really resilient, but there's just no. the shit they can access now. It's it's scary. It's literally we're still scary. Yeah, no, we're still figuring out what like Return to Oz did to me. 
post-circumcision, I might add. It was like already healing from the trauma. It's just a yeah. reminder. It's funny. Well, I bookmarked some of some of your tweets beforehand, and you did mention you slinged the Gen Z lingo in a way that even a millennial retard can understand, like me. And I really do appreciate this. I feel like this is a great summit. It's like, as an ancient millennial to an ancient Zoomer, I feel like there's this important knowledge transfer that could always happen in these uh, cross-generational situations. Totally. Bridging the divide, you know, really bringing people together. It's true. And also there's truth to generations. I also think there's so much bullshit. It's kind of like astrology where there's like truth to yeah. it, but also people get so fucking like ridiculous about it sometimes. Honestly, I'm a boomer if anything. I am a boomer. So the <laughs> year I was born in, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're not Gen X, I think you're probably fine. I feel like they've got a lot of like pain exposure. I have a lot of cousins that are Gen X and yeah. I think there's like everything they had was toxic. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> It's it's really bizarre. I like don't I don't know like hardly any Gen X people uh, in real life because like all of the adults in my family had kids late. So like all of my my parents, like aunts and uncles, they're all boomers. Um, they all had kids pretty late. So like I, I never knew any Gen X people. And then like I got to high school and, you know, found out my friends, like all their parents were like, you know, in their like mid thirties and stuff. And I really had like no concept of like, what do they, what did they do growing up? What was their kind of music like, you know? Cause like my parents were all into like sixties and seventies shit. Um, nice. So, but yeah, everyone shits on the Gen Xers. I, I don't really know. I don't need to. Well, it's funny because I actually, yeah, I had a lot older, my cousins were like Gen Xers. There's something about Gen X. I don't know what happened. I, I shouldn't shit on them. There's great, everything about Gen X, like uh, music and culture, we still reference today. Like everything from like the seventies, like shit to like, uh, like Quentin Tarantino, like Pulp Fiction style, like aesthetics, all that stuff is like very Gen X. I mean, part of that's his culture is like stagnant, but also because they did like, they kind of like canonized like what it meant to be kind of cool, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Do you see yourself as a poster? Do you see yourself as a hybrid? Uh, uh, what should we know about real doofus i mean there's there's really i don't know there's really not a whole lot to know um you know i'm kind of just like uh an aimless kind of like uh 20 something burnout right now i'm trying to like sort of figure my life out um wasting time on twitter like anybody else i, I started out mostly just replying to people you know and then you just start posting things that that pop into your head that like come from the ether or whatever wherever it's just like a time sink something to distract me from the monotony of everyday life and uh, control my brain like the our overlords are want to do i mean for so long i had like you know zero followers on twitter you know and i was just like mostly just like aimlessly retweeting stuff and then it's just slowly but surely i started meeting people and um connecting with people and so sort of charting my own like personal growth in that time as my like perspective and things changed i first made that twitter i was a totally different person um was super liberal followed all the all these really liberal progressive accounts it's a total Bernie bro. And so it, it's interesting how, how it 
my experience has shifted on there. There's nothing wrong with Brody Brown was the correct option for anybody who was like in the that time. time is yeah. my opinion. It's unfortunate it was a money laundering operation for the DNC. It just happens yeah. to be. But like everyone's been getting wiser, I would say, over the past few years. Were you a different person? Or did the world change? Or did the world change you? You know, or maybe a mix of all three. I don't think any of us really changed as people, honestly. It's fundamentally, I think we've just maybe gotten better, uh, more in touch with who that person is. Yeah. I, th- I think that's that's honestly a great way to put it, honestly. Like, ultimately, I really haven't, I feel I haven't changed all that much. All of my, uh, you know, views on things now uh, and the way that the prism, you know, through which I see the world is like, all of those values are all the same. All the values that brought me to supporting Bernie or wanting these certain things to change in society all of those things, those core values are all the same. Um, and the bizarre thing for me to see is that it feels maybe it's just because maybe I am the one who's changed, but it feels like, I guess, the progressive uh, movement, the left, it feels from my subjective point of view that that they have uh, really changed. I was in high school when Bernie first ran and it was like, uh, my whole thing, why I liked him was like, he was talking about what I saw as material issues, you know, I saw myself as a socialist, communist kind of, I mean, at that point I hadn't read much of anything. So it was, none of it really meant much, but it was like, you know, (laughs) material conditions, real shit that matters. I don't care about Hillary's the first woman president. I don't care about this pandering to these social justice causes, even though at the time I was certainly agreed with most of those conclusions, I supported him because I thought he wanted to do something materially about those things. And then uh-huh. I, it's just at this point now, it seems like all of those people, I still know a lot of those people in my life. A lot of my friends from that time are still very much uh, the same. Uh-huh. And yet all of that is gone. It's a little minimum wage here or unions here, but it's like, it's all become about, it's all trans rights. It's all these just not real issues. You know? Yeah, it's nothing. It's yeah. K-pop or whatever, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, K-fabe, yeah. Really it's a K-fabe. It's ridiculous. No, yeah, I think that's uh, really well said. I think, yeah, I, and I, re- I, I relate in a lot of ways. I never felt <laughs> like I've always been struggling to be defined politically. I never felt at home because nothing really matched my real values. So it always was in a state that a lot of people find themselves in now. I was like gravitating to whatever I could you know, find that made sense and like didn't fit in with a lot of things uh, that you would expect me to as a sodomite, as, you know, whatever, hom- homosexual. I'm supposed to be a, you know, a part of this group. I was You're homosexual? We won't get into it. But yeah. uh, I was immediately coded with this idea that it's so important to have trans rights. And it's like, well, I don't ever, I've never resonate with slogans or any of these brands or ideas because it's just like, what do they mean? So that's an example where it seems like it could be a disconnect. I, of course, don't want anybody to be hurt. I'm opposing people being hurt. I mean, I'm helping children not being hurt by not buying into this made-up idea that started six years ago of trans kids as a serious cause. And so just yeah. like you with Bernie Sanders, maybe, would you have probably been as enthusiastic if you knew he was going to like just like, authorize a bunch of wars and spend all this money and not actually charge? So it's not really your, I don't think, fundamental values that change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the information that you had. Exactly. And, and that's what's so hard for me, you know, and why, like, you know, because I still... 
you know, I'd followed so many people on my, my main Twitter account that like, it would be impossible to go through and like unfollow all of these mm-hmm. people. I, I'm not really interested in following. So every now and then, you know, some like leftist will just like pop up on my feed and it's just like, it's like they're stuck in five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they're just like, you know, talking about all of the same basic shit. You know, they're reposting videos of Bernie. It was like yesterday or today, you know, but Bernie posts some video where he's like wearing a polo and this guy's like, oh, you know, polo Bernie, it's so based or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, how can you still be buying into this, you know, when it's, it's become clear. I mean, nobody can get inside the man's head. Uh, we don't know what went, went on behind the scenes, but it's quite clear at this exactly. point that, that he's, he's totally co-opted. He's just a part of the system, uh, just like Hillary, just like anybody else. So how can you, even if you agree with the words that he's saying, how can you possibly find any kind of like resonance or connection with, that at this point um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just not real it's, it's just not real and, and so to see you know people online whatever there's 90 percent of everybody online is fucking moron but just like people in my life i mean you know my sister is super just like crazy uh you know woke for lack of a better term uh, sure, all yeah, her friends sure. are you know and these are people i know them personally they're good people um and it's just, it's difficult mm-hmm. uh, to watch them still um, so tied up in these uh, these phony, superficial um, mm-hmm. narratives that they are fed to just keep them um, on, this, on the same treadmill. Everything you said resonates. One of the reasons I think I wanted to talk to you, because I feel like you do, you have a lot of passion, I can tell, for, for people. And I, these are sometimes hard positions to hold because they are construed as being like um, right-wing, right? And hate people. And you just want, you want everyone exterminated. It's like, no, I don't care really even what people, these are just very complicated. You're pushing some radical things as these brands. They're not real. They're all just like fake yeah. fucking like apps on a phone, basically. They're not an operating system. I feel your pain because it's people caught up in, in people in my life, my many family members that are just like very uh, much active and caught up in this and don't mm-hmm. understand and can't fathom and think that's and think less of me. And it's this whole machine and it feels very frustrating. There's this denial of this entire regime of censorship and authoritarianism and bullying, making me not be able to laugh at Nazi memes makes me want to become a literal Nazi because right. it's like reaction thing i don't and i'm not going to i'm, I'm being again a shock shock hyperbolic but there are people who that is a very much true for and it happens on at scale every single day and i think they're in complete denial about the fact that they are a the authoritarian fascists and b if there mm-hmm. is a horrific right-wing backlash it's because of these fucking freaks yeah yeah right. no, no you're, you're you're totally fine <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right i mean you're preaching to the choir as far as i'm concerned you know i, I was listening to a podcast with Josh Moon from Kiwi Farms on it uh, earlier today. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kiwi Farms. It's kind of a, a, a forum, right? It's a message board. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. It's, it's like a 4chan sort of, but for like furries. Yeah, it's, right? it's 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 a it's like I don't know. I think it's more um, slightly more accessible than 4chan. I mean, because 4chan has the whole there's not even like usernames or anything. But yeah, it's just a forum where people go to like talk about lol cows which are a lol cow being just like a person on the internet who is posting things usually about themselves that are you know uh 
ridiculous and able to be made fun of. Um, and so exactly. It started with Chris Chan. And so uh, Josh Moon, the, the founder of it was just saying, you know, like every time you try to shut these people down, it just makes that when they come back onto the site, when they get the site back up and everybody's logging back in again, they all just like spam the N word. They all just like say the most purposefully offensive stuff, you know, and, and it riles them up. And so if you actually have a problem with, uh, with, with Nazis, with people saying terrible things on the internet or in person, like the worst thing, worst possible thing you can do is try to, shut them down because then they've got this narrative of, you know, oh, it's the Jews or white people or whatever, you know, group is controlling everything uh, and they're trying to silence us. Well, if then if you actually silence them, that's just like that just makes them look like they're correct. It just bolsters their worldview, makes them stronger. I just like I don't I don't agree with any of that stuff. I'm not a racist. Like you said, I don't really judge anybody based on um, superficial stuff like that. I don't care about that. I don't care about, um, who you're attracted to or whatever, as long as it's not children or animals or whatever. And I'll tell you, I think that's that kink or whatever is gross. If you're like doing it in public, whatever, those are I don't really care. Those are crimes. I'm thinking more just like other stuff. I'm, for sure. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm grossed out by a lot of, of uh, the shit that I see. We should online. know about people. So we should know about people. Yes. I, again, I don't care much, but the idea that it should be this, it's like people are like, oh, but we need to have like people in dog masks, like a dog walked in like leather bondage from children. And, like pride rates, they need to be accessible to kids. Or like this woman today is saying, I don't know, whatever it was, some creature today is saying that kids need to be exposed to like adult genitals more often so that they can just be okay with adult genitals. They're going to start seeing uh, with Franny Dick inside of locker rooms. That's a crazy thing to say Wait, somebody that, really that, said that like at this yeah, training it was, like, it was like trending today it was like this uh it was like i think in academic maybe i should look up into what well, this is to perpetuate misinformation where there was a like woman who basically said that children should like be exposed to like uh to, like genitals more often and okay yeah professor claims children should be exposed to adult genitalia <laughs> That uh, is so bizarre. It's a response to Riley Gaines. So Riley Gaines is this like uh, swimmer <laughs> with uh, Leah. What's her? What's his face? Like this. Yeah, again, Leah I mean, Thomas. I, I actually again, I don't think is a, everyone wants to make the villain. I get why, but I'm like, this is a person who's mentally ill who is being who's been colonized by this like weird thing about so deranged. This this yeah. person is autism to me. When I see like Leah Thomas or Thompson, this swimmer is a is a freak right i feel like but it's like they're yeah. not weirdo to me i don't see i mean i get what they're I, now it's starting to get dangerous i think i feel like i saw leah doing something pretty crazy like in like i don't know military gear it was something very strange so there's something kind of weird going on but meanwhile riley Gaines is going to places like san francisco state here down the street down the road here in san francisco and getting like attacked and it's being like normalized. And she's being blamed as like yeah she's like physically being accosted and then being smeared and she speaks out and she, they're being like actually she's a huge transphobe and what really she should have just been done has been shown more dick as a child and she wouldn't be the fucking <laughs> such a fucking bitch it's an insane thing for a professor and of course it's a professor because all of this is like untested unproven wackadoodle theory coming out of the yeah. craziest we've ever known if you would spend a 
minute in an academic setting with anything around critical studies, you would not want them in charge of anything ever, ever. And so it's just like wild to me that it's just also been uh, ingrained into just like this agenda. Yeah, you know, the left project, that's all it, that's all it is at this point. Yeah. You know, there's not much to it. Yeah, it's- well, and, you know, once you once you see it, you can't unsee it. And like, mm-hmm. you'd think I'd we'd stop getting shocked at a certain point, but like, you know, I hope that never happens because I, I want my basic sort of disgust and expectation reflexes for what's normal to to stay as they're supposed to be. But like, you know, hearing stuff like that, kids should be exposed more to genitals so they get more accustomed to it. It's like if I warp my mind, I can follow the logic, but it's also so twisted. And once you sort of have that moment where you realize what it is, it just hit me with a ton of bricks. But like I said, said, I was raised super liberal, total Bernie bro in high school. Um, and a very close friend of mine transitioned and even had uh, ordered because his, his parents were not supportive of this at all. Um, or it, well, his mother and his stepdad, he ended up ordering like illicit hormones to my house. And at the time I was like, oh, I'm being a good ally. It's totally fine that this right, right. my 16 year old friend uh, he knows what he's doing, whatever. I didn't think twice about it. Um, normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it seemed totally normal to me. And then years down the road, it's like I was in these leftist spaces. I was growing uh, very disillusioned um, with things in general. It was it was mostly post-COVID. I think things had mostly opened up. Where I am in the country, we, we never locked down super hard. Um, mm-hmm. So mostly things were back to normal. I was house sitting um, for a, a friend of my mom's and taking care of her pets and stuff. And I was just like doing some research online because I was young. I think I was, you know, early 20s at the time was felt lost, didn't really know who I was. Um, and, you know, I didn't like think I was really trans, but like, you know, I would see these like, you know, are you familiar with the egg memes? the egg thing is that the idea that there's like untapped trannies basically out there that I, I've seen it in the context of like teachers kind of talking on message boards being like oh I've got an egg in my classroom and that's like oh, a that's my teacher being like oh one of these kids I think I could basically groom into this ideology and, and well that's what it is yeah, yeah. Idea into their mind that they have this condition or are a part of this whatever you want to call it Sorry, go on. These egg memes, though. So I'm seeing them. I'm in in these leftist spaces online. And they made me feel really uncomfortable. You know, at the time, I didn't really understand why they made me so uncomfortable. Now, looking back, it's easy for me to say it was because I was picking up on the fact that, like, these were just super generalized statements that could really kind of apply to to a lot of people. And they they don't mean shit, but they were they're all the in the context of the memes and in the posts. You know, the implication is that they mean that, oh, if this applies to you, if you identify with this, if this sounds like you, then you're probably trans. And so at the time I was so confused. I was like, does this mean I'm trans? I don't think I'm trans, but like this sort of, you know, I was never the most masculine guy. So I was just it it was weird. You know, I didn't like them. I didn't like how it made me feel when I was seeing these posts. So I started researching. Um I was like, how do people know that they're trans? That led me to discover, uh, you know, all of these posts of, you know, trans women 
talking about how uh, pornography helped them realize that they were trans. Um, and that kind of just like blew shit wide open for me because my whole like uh, young adult life being an ally, being a progressive, I understood that like, it's, it's not a fetish. It has nothing to do with sex. It's just like, right. a, yes, it's an yes, innate characteristic. It's like mm -hmm. part of who you are. So now I'm seeing post after post from these transgender guys being like, yeah. So I started watching sissy porn and like that made me trans and like, it's like a totally normal thing for trans women to be super into this stuff. Uh -huh. From there, I found uh, a couple of like rad femme podcasts. I went I even at that time, I ended up going through a little rad femme phase of my life where I was like, a, a, I was still very much on the left. So I th thought I was a, a radical feminist, but, uh, but hearing these stories of, of trans widows, which is just like women who's, who have families with, and then their husbands, like some porn addicted guy who, ends up leaving and transitioning and just like destroying their family. And I'm like hearing all this stuff and it's just, you know, I mean, it's hard to even put myself back at that time uh, in my life because it was, it was also very like new to me at the time, but it very quickly I accepted, you know, there was like a week where I was like, these are just transphobes. And I was like pretty quickly on, I was like, no, these, this what they're saying makes perfect sense. And, um, then that, you know, then I started listening, reading, listening to podcasts, reading more, learning about puberty blockers, learning about like what the realities of these, um, you know, uh, treatments, you know, experimentation that they're doing on children. And, 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 and it, I mean, it just scared the shit out of me, you know, and it, and it was this terrifying moment where I realized that like most of the people in my life don't know any of this is happening. And those that do know it's happening are so wrapped up in propaganda and phony narratives that they have convinced themselves that it's uh, totally okay. And they're not aware of the reality of it. But like, once you realize like, Oh, you know, children cannot consent to getting a tattoo. Children can't make these kinds of life altering decisions. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a switch. It's a light switch. And once it's flipped, there's no going back and you just see this stuff everywhere and mm -hmm. the same dynamics yeah. with the trans stuff, um, you know, is really is going on in a lot of different areas. It, it, exactly. What you were describing reminded me so much of the VQ. <laughs> I call it the vaccine thing for me. We're like the trans thing for me was, yeah. and I went through something similar too, where I didn't know why I was so triggered by some of this for a while. When I started seeing like the, the really woke stuff, right? The super crazy social justice stuff. Yeah. I, I was, why does this bother me so much? And I realized it was, it's like totalitarian. This is like fucking crazy. These people, it's like, it was all, all these tactics now that we all now know the gas, like I hate using these words, but lying to people and just daring them to say that you were lying so that you can attack them for it and play the victim like these are crazy tactics introducing really radical notions and it's like a virus what you were describing actually it was it's like a virus like you were kind of going through like normal fucking growing shit like the evolution of life is the arc right there's like there's a whole point of like uh like why we mature right and then you have these like insidious forces coming and planting these things and increasingly younger and younger you know yeah and it's it's, a, it's like so cheesy but it's a mind virus it's completely this com different way of thinking it's, it's mm -hmm. 
almost perfectly designed. I I cannot even tell you how creepy it is, how effectively uh, uh, it's designed to just be very persuasive. It flips everything on its end, and then it pretends like it's not. It pretends like you're the problem because you mm-hmm. are disagreeing with this incredibly radical agenda that's like being made up on the fly. It doesn't even make sense. Like there's a whole thing this is making the New York Times trying to say like race is like it's a social construct. Yeah. But it was like whatever because they're trying to which I've always been saying. It's this. also inherited characteristics. I mean it just none of it makes any coherent sense whatsoever. Sex, yeah no sex is not real but race is Sex is real, but it can be wrong. But race is not real, but it can't ever be wrong. It's, it makes no sense. Your spirit animal is only gendered. It's never racialized. It's crazy, right? It's so just, yeah, it's having that all like propagated. It's realizing yeah, how incoherent it is. And just that everyone's so, not just like normalized, but yeah, ingrained in our institutions. Again, like in the law. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's frustrating and I'm, of course I've I benefited I've benefited from it I think I've been to one pride parade in my life I've never been like rah-rah about all this right but I like still like as a person who is like gay identified like I feel like oh my gosh like I contributed to this like thing just by existing you know I, by having people accept me I was like they should have been spitting in my face the whole time like I wish I <laughs> I wish I had been just been like more rejected uh, honestly I, I really do have this humiliation fetish I uh, guess apparently uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, just like yell at me. I wish they'd stone me to death in town square. Things are going. I mean, you know. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know the things exactly, and but it's like you feel upset, but you do. You don't seem to me like a super right wing oriented person necessarily either. I'm really uh, not. I mean, I've got uh, I've got a, a lot of um, you know leftover kind of like liberal um, tendencies. You know, I try to. Like I said, I, I, it's it's my default is just to conceptualize it as like, you know, I have my opinions, right? Like I think that having a community and people you love around you is good. And so for most people, that's going to mean like having kids. And if you're going to have kids, getting married is good. And like I have preferences for traditional, a lot of traditional things nowadays. But at the same time, it, my default is just to think of that as my opinion. It's still very liberal uh, istic. I don't know. It's just, I'm like, that's my opinion, but I'm not at a point where people should be forced to, to live that way and have the same opinions that I have. Um, but it's like the, these people on the left are, that's what they are doing, That they are exactly forcing all of this stuff on everybody. I'll never forget the first time, you know, I like I started I tweeted a few things about like I was like oh shit I think I'm gender critical or something I tweeted like a few super innocuous things <laughs> that sort of signaled I was like woke on the TQ and I like made plans with my sister we met in a park sat at a little park bench to like talk about this because from my point of view I was like oh I'll explain my perspective on all of this stuff to her and she'll probably not agree with me but it like it'll be fine and I'm just like explaining where I'm at and, you know, maybe I can get her to see some reason. I was very naive at the time and what ended up with her, she was in tears. She started shouting at me, telling me that the things I was saying were hurting people, you know, Mm -hmm. and thank God we're, we're very far past that now. Our relationship has been, you know, repaired. We can even sort of dip our toes into those subjects a little bit and she, she can have a normal conversation. But it really made me realize the extent to which this stuff has gotten inside of people's heads. 
Um, yeah. It was yeah. just shocking. It was just the most bizarre thing in the world. Um, I don't. It's it's yeah, just no, it really was nuts. It's like this. There was this co- cognitive dissonance, and it's like in the people you love, you, you don't want to see it because it feels. I don't. In November of twenty twenty one, when I was like. I got like a couple months deep into like super like the vaccine stuff, right? So I'm like going deep into this shit. So there's all these weird shit. You're going to these weird sources. Everything's got an American flag and Patriot in the title. Or I'm like, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. can I trust Steve Bannon? It turns out, yes, 100%. The things that are being reported are factual in this regard, mm-hmm. you know? Even though I need to prove out all the realities there, the very, very basic questions of like, well, why are they saying that this is safe and effective? And even like the half of this is like not just true, but like cannot be disproven. You know, all right. this shit is like they're like, oh no, it's not true, but we can't actually we have no study to say the opposite or whatever, right? The more and more of it you see, right, and it's all ingrained in people. It is the operating system to that to a degree. They're like it's powering people, and it's frustrating because you're like, I don't think you would really normally be okay with this but somehow like reminding them that it triggers yeah and you've seen me kind of piss off a lot of people online over different things and it's usually things and I, i'll say crazy shit all the time that nobody bats an eye over like whatsoever and then i'll say like maybe gay people weren't born that way and it's partly like yeah and people lose their minds it's another it's like a mind control it sounds so cheesy but it's like a mind control it's, it's complete operative uh like word programming and it's mm-hmm. really i don't know it just it, it reveals itself and it does it feels scary and you i felt yeah pretty it, it is genuinely at times you know like kind of that moment of like twilight zone like every like how alfred hitchcock like everything's like freaking out psycho strings you know you're hearing the whole yep. thing and it's like fuck and it's like who can you who can you trust and it's scary you know it can be mm-hmm. very difficult with family members it's very difficult it puts a strain and now it's also do you find this it's all anybody wants to talk about who's caught up in the current thing or whatever there's no outside commentary it's so hard to find connection in a way to have a conversation because it always gets redirected it seems like back to Donald Trump and uh, Ukraine or whatever there's one of these bullshit topics is I don't know I find that frustrating yeah, well, you know, and I, I find in like my, you know, my day to day life, like with my family and friends, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't come up very much. And it's very easy to just like for things to feel very um, normal and cool. And I think that's good. And I, I really do have some hope that for like a lot of the uh, a lot of the normies, they're not, you know, they may have internalized some of this stuff. But like if you really you know, just like you and me were, you know, and lots of people like us uh, went through their own process of discovering sort of things they were wrong about and having their their eyes opened. Um, I think a lot of people are like that, where they may, you know, they may have gotten the vaccine, they may have even gotten a booster or two, but they haven't, you know, a lot of them at least haven't actually sat down looked at everything with an open mind. Um, and I, I do have some hope uh, I guess that like some, a lot of these people can be reached, but you know, those of them that can't, those of them that are like, are all in, there's no, there's no like explaining it to them. There's no, you know, uh, arguing with them, you know, um, with, with the vaccine that, you know, that was, that came later on for me. It was like, uh, you know, once I realized, Oh, I'm, I was so wrong about this trans thing what else am I wrong about? Uh, you know, and I, I'll admit, I will go on record. I got, uh, the Johnson and Johnson shot. I was still totally, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, cool. I'm not alone. Um, 
you know, at the time it was like, oh, I'm just lazy. I'm just like, I'm just going to get one of these things. I don't want to have to go back what? to the second, yeah. you know, I didn't want to no. even get that one. I didn't, want I didn't know I didn't why I totally, I was total. I still assumed all of that stuff was true. It worked and everything. I didn't understand any of the science, didn't know what RNA was, didn't understand any of that. Um, and then you realize that like at best, at absolute best, like there is really no evidence um, of any substantial benefit to this stuff. And especially now, you know, two and a half, three years later, like the evidence of the, the harms is, is getting more and more. Mm -hmm. the, and there's even less, you know, there's at the same amount of basically no evidence for substantial benefits. And you get to a point where this, the scope and scale of just like what's going on is it can be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you don't know how to talk to people about it. And, and I guess that's why other than, you know, Twitter is, is built to be addictive and stuff like that. Other than that, the thing that keeps me there is, is connecting with people who have gone through similar experiences to me. I've met, met, you know, so many people on, uh, on Twitter that just like are so smart, so much more articulate than I am, you know, uh, and not trying to be down on myself, just saying how smart and articulate some of these people are, uh, you know, Basil and, uh, Limpida and uh, there's lots of people I could just right, name, but, but you know, my, the point being that just that like, you know, Basil was a Bernie bro. I mean, a lot of these people had the exact same experiences all, you know, at different sort of different timelines, but um, connecting with them and being able to just like commiserate and just, you know, it, it really does help keep one sane. Uh, it certainly helps keep, keep me sane. I think in the face of what's coming, whether there is any uh, actual climate change occurring or just the in the face of the policies and the horrible uh, tyrannical things they're going to uh, do to us in the name of climate change, you know, whatever it is that's coming down the pike, uh, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's good. And really, from what I can tell, the only way to really... Uh, prepare for that or, or just all we can really do those of us who have no power or very little power you know is just find communities bring people together and just like have uh, people that we love the people that we care about around us uh, look after each other and obviously real life is the most important thing with that stuff you know but at, at the same time just like connecting with people is I think a part and parcel with that just like, as far as resistance because I, I hate to be a, a a doomer or anything I genuinely I have hope I do believe in you know good and evil and, and I have some faith in in good and I have faith in God and and these these bigger picture things but it's going I feel quite certain it's going to be ugly you know
you sort of realize how much of like you know the the people that are still leftists that are part of the leftist movement and and not the not the top down leaders just like the average you know normal people sort of on the bottom uh when you look at the sentiments that they're expressing on twitter or when things like blm and even right now with the the writer strike and stuff there's just so much it's all just very juvenile um and and lacks a lot of perspective i don't know what leftism you know is uh outside of like what it is in the real world now but like certainly the the ideas that go all the way back to marx uh, and trade unionism and and all of those things um they certainly aren't being they can't be done now because the people doing them are um yeah are, are just so they're deranged deranged <laughs> and childish yeah and just like expecting that the answer yeah ex- expecting all of the um all of the rest of us to just like go along with all of it you know i just i, I think of i would say to people you know that the republican party is like the working class party not like the party leaders i mean you know the but duopoly the, is, yeah, is not yeah. like nobody's nobody's in the senate is seriously representing the working mean, class interests but who's voting That's who's right. voting for republicans the people mm-hmm. that make up the republican voter base they are now they're the working class largely a lot of them are white but you're talking about people in the heartland of the country coal towns factory towns these are people that are laborers these are the people who make up like the, the truly like downtrodden working class people um, and, and they're not nothing that the left is saying nowadays is speaking to those people because to the extent that they may agree, oh yeah, I would, I would like better benefits or I might like a minimum wage or better health care. All of that is totally drowned out by protect black trans women and the, they're banning books, but, and all of this fake like bullshit that it's just like, but if you tell a Democrat, you tell a leftist, you know, oh, the Republicans are the right wing or the, um, if you tell them they're, they're the party of the working class now, um, they'll just look at you like you're crazy. They have no idea what you're talking about, you know, and it's just another, that's just another manifestation of how disconnected from reality they are. No, they have contempt for the people you're describing, like, because they contempt for, like, white people, honestly, like, that's a thing, like, it's a crazy, it's like this weird sentiment that's permitted, they have contempt for anybody who's not really a coastal, a coastal elite, basically, there's, like, their definition of worker is, like, a Hollywood writer, it's fucking insane, it's ridiculous, I hope they all, I hope they all starve, I'll say it again, I mean, honestly. I mean, artist starving artist type of way they need to starve for a little bit i mean that not yeah. famine way maybe light famine but like light famine way in hollywood just because they fucking like get your shit together are you kidding me but, but i mean sorry. we're talking about people who are writers on fucking you know the simpsons or like the latest fucking garbage sitcom <laughs> that is coming out i mean like these are not these are not real artists these are not, real art comes from struggle it comes from you know, it comes from life, you know, and like these people's, the lives that they're living are not real. It's not real life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're living in, in LA or New York or San Francisco and you're, you've got one of those, those kinds of fake jobs, like, don't get me wrong. Everybody has their own struggles. I'm not saying it's not, 
it's probably worse in a lot of ways. I mean, probably very alienating and weird and unnatural feeling, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you're not going to get sympathy from people who have no industry in their town, who all of the young people in their town have either left or are ODing on fentanyl and are their families are falling apart. The Walmart has left. And when the Walmart came in, it shut down all of their businesses. And now it's mm-hmm. left because there's not enough people there to support the Walmart. So now they like they have no food and they're relying on, you know, the me- meager uh, government programs that they can get um, because they're not some they're not some minority in the city. who can qualify mm-hmm. for these very particular benefits they're getting their measly ssa s social security ssa ssi that kind of shit they're living off that like if you're a writer in la sorry i'm sure you're eating ramen noodles or whatever you know but your life is is not you're not going to be getting sympathy from these people um until you start actually trying to uh, like uh, you know, represent them or, or talk about them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all this like me, 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 you know, it's like, I saw this post. I don't know how accurate it is, but I mean, it seemed about right to me that like this SAG after for the writers, they're like, they're, they're like writer's minimum is like. Okay. Like 80 K. Was it like, thousand? yeah, yeah. It was insane. And they're trying yes, go on. Yeah. Because they're like, no, that's exactly right. And it's like like seven thousand a a week or a month or something. I mean, I don't, I can't remember this the stats. Seven thousand a week seems way too high. But the the point is, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, I I make like a tenth of that, you know, or like a, a quarter of that on a monthly basis, you know. And I'm out there like I'm, I could get skin cancer. I'm out in the sun all day, you know. And I have a really easy job. Like I'm not going to complain. I'm an equipment operator. And uh, I work at a retail store. So it's not like I'm not even like at a construction site working from, you know, from dawn till dusk. I'm like a lot of times I'm just sitting in my equipment, sitting around. So I've got a super easy job. But compared to, you know, my my sister, I'm not trying to call out my sister. I love her to death, you know, but <laughs> she she works at a bank. She's she works like three days a week at home. Her her uh, husband works exclusively from home. And it's like very common now. I was just on vacation with them a couple weeks ago, you know, and the last day of our vacation, uh, you know, we went rented a little lake house. Uh, They were working that day. They like apparently. (laughs) Oh, no. Their their company had said like they had to or like my sister, at least she had to log in and work on that day. (laughs) You know, I will be damned if I noticed a, a single minute of work going on. Entire I believe it. I love talking about work because it's interesting because I, I run the game. I don't, I've not worked in the field. It sounds like you've done something. I, the most technical thing I did was like a projectionist, which was actually a pretty technical job. That, that is interesting. I was kind of curious. How long ago was that? I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to insult you. It was, like, it was like 15 years ago. I was like, so I was so like, that was that they had electric, it was like electronic projection. Like, or did they still like have- black. It was like, it's like, so it was like around 2005, I want to say, or six, maybe with a digital. It wasn't film, it though. Come in. It, it was film. It was like 35 millimeter film. You okay, cool. Slice it, you put it on the sprockets, you run it through all the a million contraptions. It's like a million rollers. Because in the old days, they would just play like each reel. These films come in like a little canister, you know, it's a little yeah, reel. Yeah scene those are like a half hour maybe of the movie and so the movie's like multiple they used to like sit there and switch it over but that's not efficient for like the metroplex so this is so technical they build these big contraptions so these like giant disc movies you have to splice mm-hmm. together 
they're unwieldy they're heavy if you move them around a lot the shit breaks a lot it's crazy there's light bulbs that combust if you drop them they're three thousand like watt xenon light bulbs that powered the thing yeah uh, the crazy environment it's very interesting to me watch a lot of movies too you feel it's it's i loved it but i was like i was like also slinging popcorn at times i had this moment Mm -hmm. like maybe two years after college for like (laughs) like i saw these high school like colleagues what are they called uh, peers like co-workers like Kind of saw me at this theater. And it was oh like, yeah, yeah. It was like a very uncomfortable moment for me. Kind of, the, <laughs> we were the only ones. They went to like Stanford or something. You know, it was like, oh like, wow, like butter with that. Stanford. <laughs> It's like your butter layered, excuse me. Let me just do that really quick. But then, like, so I understand those jobs. I worked a lot of box office jobs, actually. That's very, that's very endearing, you know, um, to me. You know, I always, I already liked you. You know, you asked if I had a lot of uh, animosity towards <laughs> coastal elites, and it's like uh, tons. But I try to be very measured. I, when I was a leftist, it was like, oh, if you had more than $150,000, I just thought you were like evil. And I like, I've gotten way past that. I try to be like, that's not even a lot of money, but it's just, I try to not be that way anymore. But I I do, uh, I do have lots of um, living in the middle of the country. It is like, it's just like easy to just assume people like went to college, got a nice, you know, laptop job from when they graduated. So, you know, working, working as a projectionist, that's like, that's a real job, you know? Um, I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, no, actually, movie theater, I wouldn't do it. Like, it, it, it would be sad if that was, I guess, your, your anyone's career, you know. I but uh, no, I don't know. But like that's that's, that's it's know. real work. I don't know. It was real work. I was a, I was a film major, so it explains my profession. Oh, okay. but I did, yeah, I, over time, was able to climb into the. It took a forever. It was hard to break into the corporate world. It makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. Point being, though, these jobs are kind of fake. I think in the corporate world, some of these jobs were always fake, though, and they were just bullshitting. They were just pushing paper yeah. around into their work, so now they're just doing it at home. There's definitely a decline in productivity, I think, across the country. Tech in particular is always fake. Like, the business model makes no sense. The more I learn about it sometimes, you know, it just does not make sense. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, the economics of it, just like, and I, I, I am like the, I mean, I'm not a math guy. I'm not an econ guy. But when I like, you know, when Netflix was like getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm just like, you know, they're putting out more and more shows. They're making more and more shit. I'm like, how are they like, OK, I pay them like, you know, fifteen dollars a month. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, one hundred and eighty dollars a year. How could they possibly be? How does this work out? <laughs> how are they spending these millions and millions of dollars to make these shows? And yet and they don't make any. There's no ad revenue. There's not like. At least the ad model, like I sort of got where the money was coming from. But since it's all just stock, it's just, just like investment uh, stuff. And, and oh, shit, what's the what's the term? Private capital? No. Um, oh, venture capital. Venture capital and um, private equity and shit like yeah. that. There's just all this like money that nobody knows where it's coming from is probably coming from sex trafficking and, and coke exactly. dealing and just like all every single horrible industry that we that we should you know that should be eliminated and shouldn't exist um laundered through art like laundered through like yeah. art and state all these shady and shell companies and biden crime family and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. all of these uh, llcs and whatnot it just yeah, yeah exactly right you're exactly right and the uh you know and the writers and stuff going back to the the writer strike and they're, they're just the bottom you know they're little uh, peons at the bottom of that pyramid and and they they're like we need more money give us more money for for this and, and it's just like 
you they don't realize from the outside it's like the rest of us can see that they're a part of this this evil superstructure that exists and that like most of us you know everybody loves movies everybody likes you know some art from time to time but i think most normal people recognize that like most of this crap is not doing anything for anybody you know uh the commercial entertainment industry as a whole these days is is all just like money laundering and all of that and so it's like why should you be getting paid more than 75k to just like be a part of that to just like you know exactly. you shouldn't nobody exactly. cares sorry it's yeah. like making money these things don't even make money anymore it's like why would you be making more money than the show made in some cases i'd be like you're completely yeah. right it, it, and there's such a disdain for the people that they're like trying to like yeah they hate they hate quote, quote, i don't know like the middle america whatever you want to call it it's a large chunk of the country and you're right they, they don't if they're from there they hate it they don't want to go back or they've never been there i've been to parts of i guess more rural parts of the country when you go outside you travel around the region you see like I mean, this is an area where like kodak was like there was you know uh pyrex there's like really big american brands that and huge yeah. industry like supplemented the entire like region and when those go away and nobody fucking gives a shit floods it with like opiates and then Mm -hmm. it it, it's hard to describe you see the degradation and it's um sad because you do you see the contempt from like dsa type leftists and, and yeah. liberal everybody and they just like and these writers if they're why would why on earth would anyone who is not just like a blue-haired freak who wants to trans their child at like four years old give a shit about yeah. anything we have hollywood right now it does not speak to any yeah. speak to anyway it's all just hr propaganda it's nobody like, wants I, it I, I will say to the credit of, uh, at the very <laughs> least the dsa types they at least like uh, will like uh, you know hand out like a fig leaf and pretend they sort of care about the economic yeah. issues. I haven't been to any DSA meetings. I'm just like talking about the, some of the people I, I still see online, but they're just like this tiny little marginalized the de- part of the Democratic Party. They're not like they have zero powers. I'll at least give them that. But, you know, I'd like to take these people, you know, and like gather them all up and shove them on buses and just like drive them out to the middle of like the Apple Appalachia in the middle of like a forest somewhere 40, 50 miles away from any civilization and just be like, uh, try to not die. Good luck, you know, like, and see what happens. <laughs> like, I, I would readily admit I would not make it. I would not at all make it, but I recognize that like that. And it's like, I would, I would like to, you know, as I'm getting older, learn more skills on how to like live, uh, you know, in a, in a more, real way and it's in a sort of self-sufficient way um and realize that like relying on these relying on these systems is just like not a good plan not a good long-term plan for the future because they're going to break down and when they start breaking down the people at the bottom which is like me you most normal people we are going to be the ones like out first you know the people at the top they're gonna they're gonna make it work for a while but uh those of us you know normal bottom of the barrel peons or whatever we're going to be hurt first i don't know when it'll happen but it's bound to happen at some point and when it does i'd like to be i'd like to at least try to be ready somewhat i'm not saying it's like the whole world's going to collapse overnight but you know sources of revenue are going to dry up economies are going to break down when it's like i don't mean to just pick on the writers because it's not just them there's lots of 
uh, people in, nice in this shorthand. They, they kind of capture. Yeah, exactly. They, they, <laughs> but that's what exactly they're like. Synecdoche might not be the right term, but they're just like a, a perfect little stand-in for the broader economy. Um, economies that are fake economy basically uh you know like those people they need to wake up they need to realize that like um they need some kind of skills you know um because because writing some some bs shit or uh, filling out forms or whatever is just not um that's not like a a valuable skill long term i don't think they're prepared for it you're exactly correct. You have to learn to be. It's not really a skill in a sense, like survival, but it is a skill. It is in a sense, though, because it's being able to really just roll with the punches. Yeah, adaptability is absolutely a skill. And certainly I would rather be uh, being able to do that, take care of myself and sort of be moving from place to place than trying to be like a striver, you know, whether it's in the, you know, corporate sphere or the podcast sphere or whatever, just like being one of those people desperately trying to do whatever I can just get to the top um, and make the real money. Like being one of those people, uh, I'm sure they all start out just like normal people, uh, but that will steal your soul. Uh, you'll lose your soul. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you make it to the top, you'll lose your soul. And if you don't make it to the top, you'll probably get crushed spiritually uh, on oh, the way there. It's true. It's true. That you've got to stay pure and true. That's my, my intention. You're right about the future. In the sense that it's not gonna, things are gonna stay the same. Things can possibly get much worse, even quickly. But I feel like we, I know, I feel like we're gonna be fine. You're right. We're, it's good to be prepared. It's good to adapt skills and be prepared for any outcome. Yeah. But there, I'll sound crazy, but there's an opportunity that will come. I feel like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's gonna be raptured because that's basically what I'm saying. But I want to say raptured. But I think the like the arc of life, like the rainbow, not the fucking faggot rainbow shit that they fucking put in your Starbucks drink and all that bullshit or whatever. But like the real rainbow, like Noah in the Bible sees, and it's just like, and it's like we might just live our lives, the rest of our lives, and be like, because we were just like, we just put it into like the timeline where we're just like blissfully unaware of the suffering. Justin degenerate leftists will probably have to go <laughs> parody, parody uh, in their eternal afterlife in the millennium of torment. Yeah. I mean, possibly yeah. parody. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it, it may be 150 years from now. It, you know, I, I have no idea the, the time scale on any of this, but, you know, like, like I said, I don't want to sound um, doomer, like uh, a prepper for the end of the world. That's not like, I know I might sound that way that's not what i'm really trying to i'm not i'm not that i I don't want to come across that way um but but i really i fully believe in god i think that god um speaks to us in in little tiny ways uh and sometimes you'll go uh, weeks months without hearing anything um but if if you pay attention I bet this is probably true for for everybody where there are moments in our lives where things happen, strange things that just like seem yeah. unlikely and and you're immediate, you know, you immediately take something away from it. And it's like our instincts to me, at least my instincts would tell me this seems it seems like God's trying to tell me something. And that's how, you know, because being in and out of like AA and a I'd gone to a um a really shitty rehab, which is a whole other kind of fake economic industry. Um, We we can maybe talk about another time. Um, But the thing I always struggled with, with the 12 steps is the higher power part. There's a very important spiritual component. And I just hadn't 
had any kind of spiritual connection yet in my life. And once that finally clicked for me, I just had a series of of circumstances uh, in my life that were just too sort of strange to ignore. And then finally, it was just like, I was sort of leaning that way. I was like, I think these are messages. I think these are, I think, you know, he is trying to tell me something. And then just like out of the blue, you know, I was thinking about cleaning my life up and um, I was at work and I was just like out smoking, you know, we got a dumpster in the back where we smoke. So we're not out in front of the customers. And, um, (laughs) and this, uh, this kid walks up to me and um, you know, long story short, he's got tears in his eyes and he just like is asking me for help, you know? And he's like, got, uh, you know, and I asked him if he's on drugs and he was like, I just got off of drugs and he was in this really rough um, living situation. And I mean, God bless that kid. I don't know how he's doing now. I haven't heard from him in a really long time, but just for this guy to just like come up to me, he thought he recognized me. I mean, it was a bizarre thing. Never met him before in my life. Um, But I just like saw in him, I was like, that's like, you know, I wasn't in as bad a shape when I was 16, but I was like, that's, that's me when I was 16, Uh you know? And, um, uh, you know, I'm sure for for anybody who doesn't have any kind of faith or anything that might sound, you know, I don't know if that sounds strange or not, but uh, that was like the moment that it really clicked for me. And once I started believing in that, you know, and realizing that all the evil I see in the world, that's, that's not everything. There's, there's good. There's just as much good. It makes the evil a lot easier to take. And you just have to have some kind of, you just have to have faith that like, you know, you will, if you, if you just go towards that, the, the good, you know, and, and look for the good, look for good people when you find them, do right by them uh, and they will do right by you. And, and good people take care of each other. You know, um, we help ourselves by helping others. And I fully believe that no matter what happens, whether it's the end of the world or just a hundred more years of exactly the shit we're in now, just getting slightly worse every day, whatever it is, I have like all the faith in the world that we will get through it. We humanity, whatever it is. Um, I don't know, just like it's, it's the human condition, you know, I mean, you look at history and, and all the things that people have survived. Um, it feels very juvenile to be, to use that word again, uh, it almost sort of the, the mirrorist image of the leftist. It feels juvenile to look at all of, all of that stuff we described, all of the kind of horror we see and just, you know, act as if that's it, but th- that that's all there is. Um, Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it is is juvenile. I mean, because every person in all of history has had their own, you know, shit to deal with, you know, I don't know.
what you told me here is essentially is that you felt intuition. You had moments, you felt something inside and you, and you followed it. And the more you followed it, the more it rewarded you and you sensed it. The more it made sense to you, you begin to perceive this feeling, this calling, whatever anyone wants to call it. And I think a lot of what's in society now is like getting people to not trust their intuition and not believe that, to believe that's cringe, what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so weird. You're so schizo. It's so psycho too. It's the same time they're trying to tell you there's like a rising right-wing fascism coming from this like phantom person that like it's really psycho, but then at the same time, they don't like trust your own instincts when you do see danger. It's all around you. It's like the message, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you followed it, but don't I don't believe your lying eyes, you know. That's... Exactly. Yeah. Let the state, let us think and feel for you. You know, we'll, t- we'll tell you what to think, you know. Um, I'll ask you a couple quick questions. I like, sure, you, absolutely. You're a, a smoker. you're a smoker. What's your brand yeah. of smoke? Uh, I smoke palm oil reds. Is it, do people call it pale male ever? Like, have you heard that? I swear. I've never heard that in my life. Um, no one person used to call it that. They well, no, probably, I think, it's at the boardwalk. That's where it's cheap. I don't know. Yeah, like I think it's I, I'm probably like the only person under 70 who smokes these. I don't know, but they're cheap. And um, it, I don't know. I don't know if you ever, ever smoked. But when you're a smoker, you eventually yeah, like you eventually just settle. And then you, you've got something that is like your normal yeah, 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 cigarette, yeah. you know, yeah. and it, it just happened to be those because they were cheap. Um, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll buy something nice, you know, and might buy an American spirit or whatever. Oh, um, you know, <laughs> I was, yeah, I used to smoke Parliament lights. Um, Parliaments are nice. Yeah, yeah. They're very pool house coated, I would say, but they're like, <laughs> yeah. the box is very nice. Not that, not the full filter. I was a very aesthetic, guy. very like, very nice looking. This filter is very, yeah, it is. But I also feel, I used to smoke Chesterfields kind of a little bit on the side. And that's like an old person's cigarette. So I feel you on the, maybe I'm greatest generation at heart. I'm not even a boomer. I'm a great generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's always told me I was an old soul. You know, the first party I ever went to, I was 15 and it was a bunch of 20 year olds around. And like, I was like not drunk and everybody else was drunk. And I was like giving people advice about shit I didn't know anything about. And they were like, wow, you know so much. That's how it goes. You know, yeah. I, so best advice is the bullshit advice i'm telling you <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you that that's my yeah. bullshit advice to you that i'm making up right now um okay yeah. one more Wait, i have a question like death death grips i i've seen okay. i know you're, you're a fan of music i we should have talked more about that but that's like, i'm kind know. of glad that we didn't i'm not really a music guy okay. Okay. I, I don't play i don't play any instruments i don't have like a music brain like I like pop music basically, and I'm not smart yeah, enough to really like it. much else. Um, no, that's where you stop. Let me stop you. That's a false. That's a false thing. Like I told you before, there's no such thing as experts. If music makes you feel and you think things about it, then you have an expertise, and like you just have to be in touch with what those things are. You may have the vocabulary of a fucking Berkeley yeah. music, whatever. Fuck that shit. Those people suck. Just well, your words, you know, yes, so just, don't, not, don't ever stop yourself. I'm sorry. That's I'm not, no, no, I appreciate that. And you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not trying to be down on myself. I'm just saying like, I don't have any technical knowledge of like, I mean, there's people who you play instruments, you can make music. Then when you listen to music, you bring that to while you're sure, listening sure, to music sure. and you can hear stuff yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, Oh, yeah, I, you're I right. understand what it is I'm listening to. Where it's like, I can hear a song and it's just like got a, a four on the floor beat and it's just like super simple. And, you know, it takes me three years to actually listen to it enough to realize, oh, they're just like repeating the same 
like three things over and over again the whole song and it's like super simple um <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that i'm not saying there is so no, it's genius. Death, death grips is basically that but uh as ugly as humanly possible so <laughs> it's it's tough to describe um but that's really i think what it is it's like pop music like anything you would hear on the radio but made to sound as as ugly as humanly possible it is rap music it is hip-hop so but the vocals are um you know you might be able to catch a little meaning here and there from it but like really that's at its simplest that's really what i think it is and i think their whole thing is that they they trick a lot of people um myself being one of them for a very long time a lot of music people, a lot of hipster kind of people into huh. thinking that it's a lot deeper than it is. It was, it's sort of like, from what I can tell, you know, and they don't do any interviews. This is all just based on their music. And then the music that um, two of the members have like a little side project called the ILYs. And um, from what I can tell, basically Death Grips was a, uh, finesse on the music industry and the music listening public okay. as a whole, where these three guys were sort of like, uh, we're going to try to make shit that will make us successful musicians and mm -hmm. get us money and get us in to the music industry and, and mm -hmm. get us in. And then we're going to get our bag. We're going to make a bunch of money doing this, making this kind of crap. Not that I actually think it's bad, but just like, it's nothing, it's nothing all that complicated or special. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's formulaic. It's unapologetically uh, formulaic pop music. Um, but it sounds like like nothing else because it's really ugly. They use a lot of really ugly sounds. There's a lot of noises in it, screaming and stuff. But uh, that's, I think, really what it was. It was like a finesse. And so I enjoy it. I mean, it's one of those things where I got really into them when I was uh, teenager so um i kind of always have a soft spot for them in my heart but you know i just laugh when i think of like you know and i used to be this guy the like hipster music you know guy who's really into music think he thinks he's like i've got really good taste i like all that like out there music i like good music and you know <laughs> trying to like be like being in the car with his like you know his like parents and being like oh listen to this you know it's so good and like playing the like ugliest most horrible sounding music ever and like you know normie parents are like what the fuck is this this is disgusting and like the thought of that person having a sense of superiority because oh i like it you know i like this really ugly no, music. Exactly. it, makes, it yeah. makes me better you know uh i don't know I, they're just a really interesting really interesting group um they're fans of the worst you know so it's that's interesting. I've been maybe at times that annoying hipster, more more the person that makes fun of them. So death groups, I've heard of them. I've heard of them, and I but like you, I guess I'm saying I, I like a pop music song. I, I'm, I'm no no shame in it. That's any. all I like. Uh, so it, I thought they were super like occult for some reason. I think I saw some. Conspiracy oh, they've definitely. Stuff. There's a lot of it. Yeah. I was oh yeah. Scared. I was literally scared to listen. To them, there's a so ton like, of like, there's a ton of <laughs> satanic occult uh, imagery and like you know I mean you. If you if you actually look, I mean, if you're interested, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, like pulling up the lyrics. Of okay. uh, I would listen to probably their second album, The Money Store, would be the the 
easiest one to start with, but whatever, even if you just listen to a song, you know, but while you listen to it, go ahead and pull up the lyrics to it and read along. Not that you're going to like find some deep meaning, but the imagery and just, it's like the language they use is unlike anything else you've ever heard. Very disturbing stuff. Very like a lot of really grotesque kind of imagery i keep saying imagery it sounds industrial kind of like yeah it's very industrial okay Um, i will try i also like that you described it i guess as a finesse uh it reminds me of there's a group called the klf that's from like the 80s and 90s they mm -hmm. were like uh essentially maybe not quite a joke but like a finesse they wrote actually a book called how to have how to have a number one uh song and they followed they got a number one in in england uh they don't know they do the theme music for this program but they do so i feel like i like i like oh nice well you know it's like they they weren't yeah they were they're nowhere near the first to do it lots of people have been doing that for a long long time it's Um, hard to pull off that most people just start kind of joke most like devo or whatever but to actually be like really scamming everybody that's that's rarefied i like it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's it's hard and i mean like i I don't know the you know they don't participate in the phony like celebrity culture there's no like oh we love you fans you know like thanks for listening you know uh there's no like pretending there's no like parasocial relationship and in fact, to the extent that there is one, it's a very abusive one because you know, <laughs> constantly in the lyrics as well, um, Ride is the vocalist will be like, you know, we'll talk about you, you know, you being the listener, just like mm-hmm. insulting you or just like, to, oh, I like, love this. <laughs> it's very, you might honestly, yeah, if, you've got, if you've got a masochistic streak, uh, really, it, it really might be for it. you. Okay, this um, sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, if, to, you could, it's, you're not like missing much if you don't listen to the whole discography or anything, but whatever you listen to, at least once, take a look at the lyrics while you're doing it. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I meant to touch down on them for a, a minute, and so I'm glad now I've got a reason. One final question I have for you. Um, yes, what's up? Does your shirt say fed? Yes, it does. <laughs> Are you a fed? <laughs> yes, I am. Perfect. I'm definitely a fed. Which agency? Wait, wait, wait what, what agency would you be from? I don't know. Uh, if I, uh, well, I mean, I, I won't tell you what actual agency I'm from. I'd have to kill you if I did. But, oh, I feel like. Um, I think so. No, I totally. I mean, I don't know. Like yes. FBI, we aren't really probably, a fed. or CIA, like you know. Um, <laughs> I think you'd be like in a rare intelligence unit in an unsuspecting yeah, yeah. team. It'd be like, oh, they have like depart not like forestry or something, maybe <laughs> interior. It's just like yeah, something yeah, yeah. there's like an elite death squad that actually like runs the country. <laughs> um but For it was sure. so awesome to talk to you. I'm so glad I invited you on here. Uh Excellent work. I told you, we just had to show up and let destiny take its course, and it, it absolutely always, it always does. Uh, do you have any like final, yeah, final thoughts? Anything you want to uh, plug? Where can people actually, yeah, where can people find you? Uh, well, destiny. yeah, I mean, it'll be on the thumbnail, I assume, but you know, at Real Big Doofus on Twitter. Cool. I'm not really doing anything else, but no, just like everybody, just um, I don't know, just keep doing your thing. Don't believe what the government tells you. Uh, do your own research. You know, uh, don't give up on love. True love is real.